Oh, what up, guys and girls? It is Bobby. And Sean! And we're back, baby! We're back. So many backs to back back. Back. What? This is the November... No, October. It's October. This is the October back it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. It's, but this is like the first legitimate we're back. We're back in a while, so we're back. Yeah, we're we're back and it's Halloween, so we're gonna have like very spooky talks, like how I'm not dressing up for it, I'm not putting candy out for it, I'm not what? contributing to the obesity epidemic in this country. That's my excuse for not having picked up candy. I feel like I'm just gonna take the moral high road there and say it's because of that that I'm not contributing, but I was just too lazy to purchase candy this year. We uh, stopped at Costco yesterday and we bought full-size candy bars, so we're going to be that house. Oh, you're going to be the dope house. That's awesome. We did this last year, but then, like, I think I was working. Christina, like, wasn't, didn't want to hang out at Christmas, or hang out Halloween candy. So we put it all in, like, in a bucket and, like, left it outside. And, like, the first group of kids that came by took them all, so. 100%. 100%. A buddy Savages. of mine sent me a Selfish news clip of somewhat... Oh, absolutely. But someone was uh, warning that some houses had candy that looked exactly like candy but contained weed. And I'm sitting there going, where? Just direct me. I'll, I'll go buy a costume. I'll show up at that house. Who is this patriot that is doing the benefit of God? Like, I, I find those stories to be so comical. There's no way they could be true, yet a bunch of boomers probably fall for it every single year. Dude, speaking of weed and Halloween, so the other, when was this? This was like last month or something. I was like coming home and then on my uh, driveway, there was like a piece of like a wrapper or some trash. So like I wouldn't go pick it up because it was a driveway. It was a little plastic baggie that said trick or treat on it. So I came inside and opened the baggie and guess what was inside the baggie? Weed. Yeah. Like like a gummy candy version or just straight no, the like bud? straight weed, like straight weed, like probably half a gram of weed. Wow, that's that's like one of those things. Though, is it laced with anything? Was someone dropping this off particularly for you, or did some idiot just drop it out of his bag? I mean, like you know, it's like it says trick or treat on it, so like I imagine like maybe it's some like promotional thing, but there wasn't like a phone number or anything on it. Also, like I don't. No drug dealers are really a thing anymore because you can just walk to like the you know dispensary and just buy weed legally too. So it's like strange. Christina wouldn't smoke it, so I can't tell you exactly what's in it. So <laughs> yeah, that's a very safe safe way to approach your career. Um, I guess you can't send it in the mail either for me to test it. So uh, no luck there because the federal government, thanks Obama, uh, hasn't legalized it, but. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, let's go. Oh, my God. I <laughs> I am blown away by how polarized we are as a country right now. And clearly, it's always been that way. But social media has just made it 10 times worse because I feel that individuals only do those cheers because they know that it's going to get up on Instagram or meta. Is that the, we're going to start? coining it meta now for uh mark zuckerberg it's just going to be on social media so are people just acting like assholes because they know that it's going to make some 
you know, Barstool Sports, House of Highlights, you know, you name it type popular opinion sports network and, and they'll have like a five second, you know, claim to fame. Do you think like that's why we're getting more polarized because we're getting likes from it? I think so. I mean, there's always, you know, a, you know, a, I guess, attention seeking aspect to it. I just think it wasn't nearly as apparent, you know, back when social media wasn't as big. Because people just did stuff because it was funny or whatever. But now it's just like uh, you can get the fake internet points, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Get those likes, get those subscribes, you know, and get some uh, more social clout. Yeah, but Instagram has been blocking that kind of stuff the last couple weeks. I've been doing research on how Instagram blocks people from posting where they don't allow you in some geographic uh, settings to repost through a story your Instagram post. For those of you that followed us, we had an issue with posting. We're still having an issue with posting that I'm seeing where our account isn't allowed to put up photos. We can still run stories, which is whatever. But I don't know how we've triggered the Instagram algorithm of protecting the community. I guess Instagram doesn't want us to be a fit promoter, but I don't know how we've entered this realm of censorship. We've been censored. Well, we we have been shadow banned previously on Instagram that I've noticed before. Where like you know, if you like tried searching us, you couldn't find us on like the explore page or whatever, and you had to like manually type in Kronos fit to like find us so that's been there before but the whole like facebook po- or instagram posting is new which i was not really don't really know why either besides the fact that it's like military related and there's like guns in the pictures so maybe the algorithm or the ai flagged us because we have guns i don't know i don't know either because it's not like we got a good reason from Instagram. It just happened and there's no good way to report it. I also feel weird talking about it because the only other people I see that talk about it are asshole Instagram clout chasers. The ones that are saying, guys, I've been shadow banned. I I haven't posted this really sexy picture of me from Mallorca on my last, you know, global trip. It's like, I, I just wanted to post that you were supposed to do 50 burpees today as a warm up. Um, so go find a barbell and get to work. Like I, I feel stupid talking about it. I feel like I'm just creating noise out of nothing for, for the sake of it. Well, I mean, they have like the, uh, the Instagram news accounts, like the Atlas news and the, um, what was the other popular front? Those like two Instagram accounts that have also been shadow banned and on like the verge of getting banned banned for like, oh. you know, post it, you know, those accounts. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, it just goes to, I guess people are trying to do better with, you know, private companies censoring what gets out there in the wake of the last year and a half. But why us? Why us? We're just a simple, you know, we're just about integrity. You know, you need more integrity. You know, that that's where you come to Chronosfit. You want to find out that you need to run more because you want to be better at running your two mile. We'll tell you you need to run more. I'm not going to tell you you can get away with getting on an elliptical for 15 minutes and thinking you're doing something because you're not. Speaking of working out, I'm taking the ACFT again this week. 
Going to get a 600 finally? Dude, I don't know, man. It was pretty hard to get 600. I think the last one was like a 594. The first one was like a 595 or something. It's always like a couple points here and there that just add up. Very hard. I think the ACFT, I'm glad they're doing it. I saw recently that they're re-looking at the height weight standards uh, and coming out with like a new tape test. Or can you Can you teach me what the point of the height weight tape test was because i just feel if you're too fat to pass the pt test that should be it why do we even have a height weight standard it seems like it's arbitrary if you can just look at a soldier and say you are fat like especially with the new dress uniforms where you have that belt those uniforms are sexy i my buddy just retired after 24 years he looked so goddamn hot in his dress uniform he's an sf dude so you know he's got a whole bunch of chest candy that helps but the uniform looks so good on him and i feel like you can't look fat in that uniform like it's impossible because you look like a cupcake it'll just it'll muffin out there yeah i don't know i mean the height and weight i imagine is probably like a carryover from like vietnam era or something like that um i think the I truly don't know why it matters because your boy gets tape tested every time. Uh, but clearly, I'm like one of the more fit individuals in, you know, medcom right now. So who knows? I don't quite. I know. think someone just wants to put their hands on your lats and and your chest. I would. I would tell you you had to get tape before I even saw you step on a scale. It's pretty awkward. Like the uh, the NCOs were taping me. Like kept like chatting to me about like my tattoos and stuff. And it's like. It's kind of strange. Oh, it's totally... I, yeah. I don't know you. Nothing know to do you. with health. It has everything to do with how good-looking you are. Very strange. You're like, oh, sir, you're getting tape tested? You look pretty uh, pretty big to be getting tape tested. I'm like, just fucking tape. Just tape me. I, I really don't want to talk about this. Just tape me. It's you know what you should do? Because it's annoying to tape yourself, and I'm not talking about taping your waist, but I would have used that time to get a read on your biceps, your quads... Uh, oh yeah, that's that's where you use a prof- that's a professional service. And then the next time you take the ACFT and you've been really crushing our get big programming, now you have quantifiable data you can track. So what I'm advocating is go get tape tested. Uh, don't be fat and get tape tested. Be jacked and get tape tested. And then you can look back and see your actual physical growth. That is the purpose of the tape test, my friends. Dude, I have gained like uh, probably like five or six pounds being on nights and like a like good weight. Um, being on nights, uh, we have a gym. I told you we have the gym in the hospital now, right? Yeah, so you're I was, just like, not moving out, cadavers. Like, yeah, like working out like every day when I was on nights because uh, there was like an hour and a half to two hour time period or time block that's like free essentially. Um, between like the point where I sign out the patients and then I have like a morning meeting with the staff. So I have like an hour and a half every morning. So I would go down and work out like every morning. That's pretty sweet. Are um, you finding that, I mean, clearly you're the best looking and most fit doctor there. But when I remember watching Scrubs growing up, who was the, the chief resident that was like the dick uh, it's like kind of redheaded, curly hair. I think he was in Platoon. Oh, um, I don't. Kellogg. I know you're talking. I like can I, picture. I can't remember her name. I can picture him. Looking back on that, he was in great shape. Like that dude had a great physical form. Um, 
So I wonder if, if subconsciously, because now you're you're gaining some rank in you know the medical community at the hospital, are you that guy? Are you that tough, good-looking, fit, older doctor now that a whole bunch of uh, uh, now it, this anecdote would have been so much better if I knew the characters' names on Scrubs. I apologize, listeners, but the other Scrubs look up to and go, "I fear him, yet I want to be him." I have a, <laughs> not to like, you know, like jerk myself off. I do kind of feel like there is an element of that. Oh, John C. McGill- McGinley, Dr. Cox. Yes, Dr. Cox. Uh, yeah, not to like jerk myself dude. off, but I think there's a component of that because like, it didn't used to be that people used to work out at like work, but I don't know if this is a reflection of the fact that there's a gym now at the hospital, but like, you know, like starting this year when the hospital gym opened up, I worked out like at work and like would go at work and work out. And now all the interns are started working out as well. And it's like a thing now where people go to work out. And then I don't know. I can't help but feel it. You know, I'm in, you know, you're getting people the- to the gym. You know what it also is? You don't know it, but you are the version of the CST to a Ranger platoon because. All the interns are trying to work around their schedule to go to the gym when Dr. Bobby's there. Just like you'd be like, hey, where's first squad? Oh, the CST's at the gym. All right, they're at the gym. (laughs) All right, cool. Cool, guys. Like, I didn't want to do any training with you today. Like, yes, go go to the gym at that hour. You're Dr. Bobby, parentheses, CST. I will take that as a compliment. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... I don't like jerk myself off. I don't. I don't like sound like that. But um, I definitely, you know, am increasing the, you know, the uh, motivation of the of the interns at least. You're increasing the lethality, but not in a bad way for the patients. We should put a caveat in there. I don't. In a good way for patients. You know, got to work. Yeah, in out a good way stress. for patients. Stronger yeah. forearms for clamping down on broken bones, resetting eyeballs. I don't know two different specialties that are not related to general surgery but okay i don't know it if i need any of that kind of work done i'm only calling you i'm not going to go see a specialist when i've got a doctor on the board but yeah it's been a uh, night sucks because it's like i completely reverse cycled which is like isn't too bad i will say you know like thanks to the, uh, the army reverse cycling is not nearly as bad as i imagine for other people it is yeah I definitely thought that, like, on the deployments, would be like, oh, this is so nice, it's dark out, and then, like, switching back only takes, like, a day or two. Um, but not to get off topic from the height and weight, what system would be better than the one we currently have? Because are there ways to do mass-scale testing of, like, the body fit fat pod or the electronic shoot you know, electrodes through your body and get a, a result back through gripping some Scientology-like poles? So I think the the reason why the tape test is there is that it is very fast and readily available to anyone to get tape tested, So which is like, which was like the rationale for the old APFDs that you could go do push-ups, run, sit-ups, and run anywhere, uh, anywhere in the world, you know? I think that's Except the Except apparently on army bases. I think that was like the, kind of the rationale behind the tape test is that you could do it for guys, your neck and your you know waist, and for females, your bust, your waist and your hips, or whatever. 
so like you're really relatively quick and then there's it's like a I don't think it's very accurate but like it's not terribly inaccurate somehow um, through some whatever anthropomorphic measurements or whatever um, the only thing is like if you were to like use the electrodes which is also not very accurate but it's more accurate than doing like three two measurements or whatever that's like uh, another way but then you'd have to have that equipment available and then it's like takes time so of all like the methods i think that's probably the fastest the other thing you do is probably like, calipers and like calipers can also are like relatively can be relatively more accurate depending on which model you use but it's all like uh it's all like different you know standard errors measurement that are involved with these with these tests well, I don't think money should be an issue. I mean, we spent eight and a half million dollars apparently for a couple of homes in the Austin area for a bunch of senior officials for I don't know what command is down in Austin, Futures Texas. Command. Futures that's a, Command. That's a sweet job. What, I, what is Futures Command? We're I creating. Don't quite know. We're creating new shit now. But Futures Command—that's a pretty sweet job. I would a hundred percent go work for Futures Command. They're really sweet. Yeah, you're in Man. Austin, Texas. It's just going to be weird. Those guys I, are going to be wearing like tie-dye PTs and dude, I would walking around with like exposed Austin. nipple cramps. Austin is a pretty sweet city, man. I would love. To I don't know, Austin. dude. I when I lived at Hood, uh, a bunch of the single lieutenants went down there all the time, and I was just like, I don't know what is so enticing or what draws you to Austin. I mean, clearly they were all interested in the University of Texas, but. Sixth Street, walking down there. I mean, the bars are just—it's just dirty bars, like any college town bars. So outside of the University of Texas, I didn't think anything much of of Austin. The food truck scene, like you get that in any weird city. Like every city now is weird, uh, and has its own like weird areas. I feel like everyone wants to be Austin. I don't know. I'm still the jury's not out. I do have some uh, FOMO this weekend because uh, it is the Rogue Invitational in Austin this weekend. Yes, it is. Shout out Chandler Smith, crushing it. Um, but I asked Christina if she wanted to go down and see it because uh, we were both off this weekend. It would have been nice to go, you know, check out the Rogue Invitational, but we uh, didn't go, so I have some major FOMO right now. Well, I mean, it's it's being streamed live right now on the YouTubes. Um, you know, speaking of streaming it and these competitions, I started watching, and they've been out, I guess, for a while, the Miles to Madison oh, series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, way more impressed with the background of how they get all of the events set up and the coordination that goes into it. It is really impressive to see such a large collaborative effort put together these events. Stuff that you would kind of assume, oh, that goes on in the background, but to see how detailed they have to get with timing and i'm still not really fans of their their hosts like i think they can do a better job of finding people that uh, i don't know are like good commentators but like you like me yeah i should be i should be like oh that annie thor's daughter your snatch that looks weird like i that bent over elbow bend like i wouldn't count it but apparently you know boz thinks it's cool i should be the commentator but that would require dave unblocking me from Instagram and <laughs> knowing who I am. I'm sorry I called you out for crushing on Brooke Wells four years ago. Get over it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good series. I kind of like how CrossFit has like almost reinventing the media aspect a little bit more. Um, 
but I do enjoy that. It's a good documentary, like good series. And then, um, I think it's kind of nice how they're like showing some more, like you know, putting out some more media where like they used to do like all those like Road to the Games series yeah. and all the other like cool videos. I think what is really cool about that is seeing the like the road, like you're saying the road to the games, but how these athletes are eating, how intense their training leading up, uh, how expansive their training regimen is. It's not just the gymnastics anymore because they're including more endurance based events, which I absolutely love because that was something I complained about was I'd be a CrossFit games athlete if I was just good at, you know, lifting and burpees but if if it was a test about like swimming and running, whew, like watch out, Matt Fraser, I'd crush you. But I, I'm liking how they're increasing this this aperture of what is fitness to include longer swims, uh, the longer row from last year or two years ago, the marathon row. I'm going to be looking forward to one day them doing like a really long bike, not like a crit bike, but like a 50 miler. I could see them including a triathlon one day or the first workout being a half Ironman. Like that could be a cool partnership branding opportunity, but that would also probably require noble creating shoes that didn't feel like wooden Dutch clogs on your feet. Um, Hashtag we're not sponsored by noble. So I can say that. Although I do like noble shoes. I don't work out in them by any means, but I do like walk around in them. Uh, their canvas shoes are quite comfortable to walk around in. Yeah, I'm sure Versace is really comfortable to walk around in, but uh, you wouldn't catch me dead running in it. Like, uh, that, does that that doesn't work there? I, I'm just saying it's a good looking product. It doesn't translate to performance. Uh, no, I agree. Like, uh, I think the CrossFit Games are becoming like I enjoy like the less like classic crossfitty stuff like you know like the snatches and like muscle ups and i enjoy like kind of the more all-around like fitnessy stuff with like weird implements and like stuff that you can't it's hard to replicate you know yeah it's hard to train for yeah like a true measure of fitness like you know um like the weighted like the weighted like odd implements and like all the field stuff i think it's kind of fun and well they had the rescue randy one two years ago at madison where they had to do the obstacle course that velner like dropped from the top of the rope ladder yeah. i thought and cole sager crushed that i like i thought that was a really cool event um i also just like events that aren't geared towards people that are five foot six like i'm i'm sorry evolution didn't hit your family gene line but for the rest of us that are sitting above the six foot mark I don't feel like competing with you because your range of motion is a fifth of mine. That's just unfair. Dude, speaking of the uh, the obstacle course, I saw a video. Um, Rich Froning went to Fort Benning and did Darby Queen. Oh, yeah? Did you see that video? No, I, I didn't see it because uh, I, yeah. I was assuming that he was going to be like doing something with muscle milk or something. I just I, I've been tuning him out. Yeah. Well, he has a video that they put out like the last week where he was at Fort Benning and did like the Derby Queen and then they visit a bunch of the Fort Benning units, which is kind of interesting. See, I'm like, so we talk about Rich Froning. I do not like his move to team. I'm still like, that still rubs me the wrong way because he was such a CrossFit icon, right? For 
five, five years, you know, winning multiple individual championships. I get going to team, but CrossFit has gotten so much more competitive since then. It's like I look back and say, oh, yeah, Babe Ruth was a great baseball player, but doesn't compare at all to the current athletes. And I know Rich is still training with the same intensity that the individual games athletes are. I wish he would not have like pushed the easy button. And I know it's not easy what he's doing in team. So like, don't read into that. But I wish he would have done individual competitions for a couple more years so that he could have solidified that argument between him and Matt Fraser. Like I know LeBron James is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan like still came and pushed it as an individual playing with the Washington Wizards. Like he didn't say, oh, I'm I'm out once the, you know, actual heavy hitters like Kobe came around. Yeah, you know, I do think that uh, Frazier is definitely the the goat of CrossFit. Um, it's hard to compare, like, when Rich Froning was, you know, winning the CrossFit Games back in, like, 20, like, what, like, 2011, when people were snatching, like, you know, the top snatch was, like, 225, and, like, now, at the games, you have, like, dudes snatching, like, th- like, three, like, 300 snatches, like, the it's like a bare minimum to be a CrossFit Games level athlete. So it's like the field has advanced so rapidly and quickly that it's like you can't really compare, like you're saying, like Babe Ruth and like, you know, the 1900s to, to nowadays baseball. It's like completely different sports, different like levels of, you know, fitness and different levels of expertise and abilities. So, yeah, it's, you can't really compare them, I don't think. I disagree on that claim that he's the greatest of all time. I. Frazier is? No, no. I would say the greatest of all time, and like this is a first. I think it's Tia Claire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm talking about the guys. For guys. No, I, well, I, I, I would, I would say like in this situation, you could, you could literally make the distinction that just like oh, uh, Serena Williams, greatest female tennis player of all time, but we can't call her the goat because she's a female. I legitimately say greatest CrossFit athlete of all time is Tia Claire. Like I wouldn't even distinguish it based on on gender there because she's can she could have checked out she's still doing i mean was she a five-time champion like that woman is stupid fit and but for the physical differences between men and women she would i think she crushes with different weight the the guys in every single event consistently is in first place i mean like justin medeiros didn't dominate the crossfit games in any way, shape, or form like Tia did from event one on. And it's like the last five years, it's never been really close with anyone with Tia. And when Tia wasn't winning, she was, I mean, she should have, she should be a seven-time champion, you know, going all the way back to some of the scoring issues with the uh, peg climb that allowed like Katrin David's daughter to stay ahead of her like circa 2000, was it 14 or something? Yeah. But yeah. Well, she she she's a beast. No, that's very true. That's a very true statement. Um, I was watching uh, a Matt Fraser YouTube video, and then um, in his video, he's like, "What did he, what did he say?" He said something that kind of struck me. It was like, you know, he says, um, "You work hard for like to enjoy yourself in the future." And then I asked myself, "Is it time to enjoy?" Something like that, where it's like. I've, you know, worked this hard to, I've sacrificed this much to enjoy myself in the future for an easy future. Is it time for my easy future now? And I was like, huh? You know, I no. kind of thought about that. Yeah. 
Absolutely not. I, I don't understand where some of these CrossFit athletes, the ones that are especially successful that have a constant revenue stream, like why you would cash out early. And again, I'm not as fit as Matt Frazier is uh, at certain events. I'll crush you in, in different uh, arenas. But you don't see pro athletes taking this stance, like actual pro athletes. Like Tom Brady is still playing football. So why can't you as a CrossFit Games athlete continue competing until you're 35 or 36 when you can say, okay, there is a physical wall there? As long as you're still the best at the sport, retiring early, again, to me, it signals this like white flag, I don't want to keep competing at this level. So either recognize that you can't compete at that level or don't give me the it's time for me to relax. That's bullshit. That is such a, a bullshit line because no true professional athlete says that in any other sport. It's just the CrossFit world that we get. I mean, like Scott Panchik from Miles to Madison, that dude is in his ninth games. Ben Smith just grinding it out. As long as he could qualify to the games, he went to the games. So it's until you can't play any longer is when you should be able to make that decision or financially you can't sustain that lifestyle. There was no excuse for Matt Fraser on those lines to check out early. You don't think that's like a, you know, a sign of maturity or of uh, self-awareness to be like, I'm like burnt out. I'm done. It's not worth it for me anymore. Dealing with like the, you know, hours of suffering to do something that I don't care about anymore. I think that's like a, you know, a hell no sign of maturity. No, I look at having done an Ironman and suffering through that. I look at those professional athletes in in that arena and say they've been doing this for some of them a decade plus. And for some of them, they've been dominating it for a decade. But they're not checking out early. I mean, like one of the guys had a heart attack during a race and is now months later coming back. He's one of the top American athletes a year ago, and he's older and he's still doing it. I think if you are a professional athlete, the sign of maturity is – I'm no longer competitive, I'm stepping away, or financially, I can't continue doing this because it's turned into a hobby and not a lifestyle that can support my family. But for the CrossFit Games athletes, uh, like Kari Pierce is another one that I guess recently announced uh, her retirement. I just don't understand why you would leave if you're still dominant, if you can still pay the bills. Like, because it just raises questions if we have another top male come along until that dude gets dethroned like there's always going to be a well is he more fit than Fraser was Fraser more fit than Froning like we keep having these because none of these guys stay in long enough to have that tough battle and when each person is in their prime or to acknowledge and have the humility of I can be defeated and I, it's not going to be a check on my ego. Like, I think this is more of, of an ego hit and wanting to check out than a I'm burned out because professional athletes don't get burned out in the sport that they, you know, quote unquote, love. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess I can see, you know, where you're coming from. I don't know. I just feel like that, uh, you know, CrossFit as much as they say it's like a professional sport, I don't really think of it that much. It's just like, you know, being really good at working out. I don't know. I don't know. But it's like... Well, I think that's part of the thing that, for me, it takes away from that claim of you're a professional sport. Like, people that want to stay in that professional environment don't leave the professional environment, but for 
some externality. And if that doesn't exist, like live in that and thrive in that and breathe it every single waking day. But is that also a sign that maybe CrossFit was, maybe here's an excuse for, for these guys who aren't asking me for my opinion or my excuses for them. But maybe CrossFit's programming was really stale. Maybe they were getting really bored because CrossFit hadn't adapted to include more endurance events, hadn't included some of these weird apparatus that Rogue's now developing for the games that athletes get to have fun with at Madison. Maybe that was something that said, dude, I can only do so many toes to bar and so many muscle ups before I'm done. I'm checked. I can't do anymore. Like maybe that's a reason. Yeah, I'd have to think. I'd have to imagine that's part of the reason because I, you know, like the, the games, for what they are, haven't necessarily evolved that much. But it wasn't for like the last couple of years, so I don't know how much that goes into it. But I can only yeah, imagine no. like how repetitive and mentally numbing, uh, like training for the CrossFit, you know, training for competitive CrossFit is because you're literally doing the same movements over and over and over again. But to play devil's advocate, professional triathletes are only doing three things over and over and over again. Professional track stars are doing one thing over and over and over again. Football players are generally doing the same thing over and over and over again. So, I mean, it's hard. I, I've not asked him. We're not on speaking terms because we're not friends, although be my friend. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know why they step away from it, but I would have enjoyed seeing these individuals like I would I want to see was it Roman Klenikoff or uh, Kalashnikov Krenikov whatever Kalashnikov. I want to see him go up against the Fronings I want to see him go up against Ricky Gerard. I want to see Matt Frazier go up against Ricky Gerard. both on SARMs like let's have some that should be it like okay CrossFit's clean uh but I want to see the, the true test, just like, you know, half Thor and any hall were supposed to box. Uh, I want to see juiced up Matt Fraser, Kalishnikov and uh, Ricky Gerard, Sarms and the, wherever that Greek guy that was ahead in the games last year, too, or the, the open that was oh, you yeah, know yeah, juicing. Yeah. Let's get it, all yeah. those guys together in a real test of fitness. I don't know what you're saying about like uh, you want to be friends with Matt Frazier. I don't think I want to be friends with Matt Frazier. I don't think he's like that interesting of a person or necessarily even that good of a person. Some of the stuff he says is like kind of like very like egotistical and also like very you know selfish. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, that's that's kind of the type of person he is. Like it's a very selfish person. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's. I can only imagine that if you were that successful for that amount of time in a community that really only has like a couple of idols, like there's only a couple CrossFitters that people can name. Like even when we would go to CrossFit gyms, you could only name a handful and they were the same ones. So if you have an entire industry that is just admiring you uh, and treating you like some, you know, godlike fixture, I, I can understand why you might get cocky and, you know, uh, might might have a, a big head on your five foot four frame. Like that's totally understandable. I don't know. I just uh, I would not want to hang out with him. I don't think it's a uh, he's like a cool person and would be like fun to hang out with. I just remember like watching some of his videos from like you know the OG days when he was coming up, and he was like moving to Cookville, 
and he flew to Cookville and made Sammy drive his truck to Cookville. I was like, this guy. Sucks. Oh yeah, that's that's not cool. That goes back to then. So like that, and then you know that just kind of sets the tone. And then all the stuff about how he's like, you know, the best, and like I just suffer in silence and all this other stuff. I'm like, dude, it's like, you know, not a cool. Not, I don't know. I don't think he'd be fun to hang out with. I also was like no personality too. Outside of working out, like no personality. Yeah, well, he is. I don't know, and he's also one of those dudes that collects guns, you know, and spends a shit ton on guns. And you know how everyone knows how I am on what I think about firearms and collecting guns as toys. Like I think it's stupid, um, and I know he spends a ton of his money on that. And just like he's probably like you spend too much money at LL Bean on like shitty zip ups, but here we are. We're at odds. I don't know. I don't want like. He's a terrific athlete. I haven't watched enough of his of his videos. Um, his YouTube sucks. His, yeah, I like like the Buttery Bros. I love watching their videos and stuff. Um, and I genuinely think like hanging out with them would be fun. Yeah. Or I with agree. that NHL player that they they uh, they Life. vibe with. Yeah. That, Who also dates Catherine Davis out there. The NHL player does the one that they keep going to his lake house. Yeah. 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 Oh, wasn't he dating the Julianne Huff? I don't know. Well, anyway, I, David Cat- I don't know. This is that how, this dude. Is how much? Yeah, that dude is very cool. Like you can just tell. But even whenever I watch the Buttery Bros stuff and it's starring Matt Fraser, I'm just like, oh my god, this is this is so boring. Like Noah Olson, not as fit as Matt Fraser, but Noah Olson at least seems like he'd be down. Like a yeah, good dude that would be nice and would never make, uh, you know, his fiance drive halfway down the eastern seaboard, um, for him to go work out somewhere. And that dude eats donuts. I don't think Matt Fraser would would ever post on on the interwebs that he he eats donuts. Yeah. So you know, official stance: Conus fit. Matt Fraser, not good dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're not trying to be friends with him i'm sorry it's we are very exclusive with our friending here yeah chandler smith great dude we'll do any of chandler smith yeah and uh has a much better physique so like there's that better hair yeah better hair too and most importantly is a veteran put his physical fitness to some good use um, and not just, you know, throwing a medicine ball around in his prime. Um, you know what, speaking of, of uh, you know, I, this, I'm going to have to explain the tangent here. Uh, being physically in shape, which leads to better lethality, which leads to a more imposing physical force, to fighting, beating everyone, not having any fear. I have a big fear right now of this report um, from like the South China Sea, from Taiwan, from this oh. hypersonic missile. I live across the river from New York. Every single day, I'm just like, is this the day that it's going to get obliterated by this hypersonic weapon? I've got no skin in the game any longer. When I was in the army, I was like, bring it on. Like, I'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere, so long as the CONOP is approved three weeks ahead of time and we have the right font on our PowerPoints. 
what the fuck is going on right now with the state of the United States military in relation to China, in relation to Taiwan? We've got John Cena apologizing over the summer to mainland China over his statements on Taiwan. Oh, I just want to move away from big cities right now and get a uh, death day bunker and just hide. Very frightening. I agree. Uh, it's interesting that I saw that there were like now reports of like American military in Taiwan now too, training the Taiwanese military. Yeah, I just saw that on uh, Army Times. In fact, I think has something yeah. with um, veterans. Oh no, that's my phyllo dough recipe for my skillet. I'm going to cook later tonight. Um, yeah, I think like Navy pilots or something are there. Like, and then President Biden coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, we would definitely defend Taiwan." Like, dude check yourself like please like for the love of god i still have friends in the military that's like a speck or an island like let's not say this the quiet part out loud like that yeah but you know we definitely have a obligation to defend taiwan according to the treaties that we signed with them like you know 20 years ago Um, yeah and I would think that that'd be an even worse position if you know China were to go to you know invade Taiwan and we just did nothing. We would have been, that would essentially like emasculate America on the global stage and say nobody can trust America anymore, and that you know America's word means nothing. Well, especially in light of what happened in Afghanistan, yeah, the exactly. red line that we had in Syria. But I don't know. You look back on history and you look at like the work that John Foster Dulles started and then expanding that through the Nixon era and Johnson and Kennedy and all the presidents then trying to defeat this, you know, domino effect of communism and then eventually seeing where communism landed up and, you know, the turmoil that it causes. Could you make an argument that like, hey, Russia wants to get Crimea or the Ukraine? I don't care. Take it. Uh, China wants to get Taiwan. I don't care. Like, take it. Like, these countries, these areas of the world will work themselves out. Like, we keep making these other huge superpowers, this us versus them mentality. Like, they can't have their own potential civil war. They can't have their own internal conflict. It's like we're constantly rushing to quell the growth of these empires to our detriment. We go to Vietnam, lose tens of thousands of people. Uh, we caused the death of thousands of Russians in Afghanistan. Like we're, we're playing like these geopolitical games with service members of both countries at some point, like just don't do it. Like don't fuck with America. You do what you want to do. If we need to respond NATO, um, you know, they'll, they'll do something or we sanction them. But I don't know, man, like I'd be, I'd be pretty upset if, like for some treaty that we signed years ago, probably in order to prevent a communist spread. You know, if you look at the history of Taiwan, like, would you be willing? I mean, I can't ask you because you're in the military, but it's like I would be very hesitant as the commander in chief to say, yeah, I'm going to go and put American lives at risk for this part of the world that it's literally like you have to drill through the earth to get to. Like that just seems like it, it, like we're shedding U.S. blood on something that, like I don't know, I, it, it's just it's like a really touchy subject because you you don't want people to suffer around the world. That's the world's 
problem. I don't want Americans to constantly be the ones footing the death bill here. I mean, I think it depends on like what, you know, school of thought you subscribe to in terms of like international relations. I remember learning about this in like in college about like international relationships and like, you know, the thought of like a, you know, whether hegemony is more important for global stability or if you don't have hegemony, like the, the growth of like these, I guess, challengers to global hegemony will therefore challenge the stability of the country, of the world. I think it depends on like what, you know, what thought, school of thought you subscribe to. And ultimately, you know, I don't necessarily think that it is, you know, communism is bad. American freedom is good. I think it's more so like, uh, you know, Western versus, you know, different ideologies, you know. (laughs) And I think it's more so you, it's like a Western liberal society versus like a, um, a controlled, uh, centralized form of government and controlling of people where that is the ultimate, um, you know, like fight of ideologies versus like political ideologies, if that makes sense. No, I absolutely agree with that. I I was, uh, for a a paper I'm writing, reading, um, the Federalist number 10 that, that Madison wrote and he talks about, you know, a pure democracy versus small and large republics. And especially where we are now where we're, we're so hyper polarized, with a two-party system and it's bleeding over into how the executive operates, how our judiciary interprets legislation and then the legislation, um, you know, trying to restrict or make available different classes of rights to different people. And it's, uh, it's like disconcerting because it seems like each one of these, uh, independent branches of government has, has grown and kind of has some overlap. But if I was not American, you might look at it and go, that system of democracy is flailing. It, it is, it's on its deathbed as we see people you know, storming the Capitol on January 6th, but more so people are actively cheering against their country's success based on political affiliation. China, and I'm not an advocate for this, by the way, but you know, like China controls its population. Like you don't ever really see any reports coming out of China based on their censorship, based on the more authoritarian kind of regime they have. Um, I'm just concerned that, like, just let people play how they want to play in their backyards. Like America, we focus so much time and effort on how bad Russia is, how bad China is. And it's like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones because our government needs a ton of work right now from the standpoint of, of making democracy within our own country more available. You know, we can, we can talk about voting rights, uh, making health care more affordable, going and reforming uh, immigration. You know, if you want to secure the borders, we have so many issues that we have to take care of. It just seems like we're being huge hypocrites to point fingers at other nations and be like, oh, but also we should, we should solve their problems because our, our model right now is so fucking good. Like we have no issues. If we were, if our democracy was doing great, sure. Like let's go find a problem child to fix. Let's go get a fixer up or down the neighborhood and make it an open concept, but we're not there. So it's just a waste of time and a, a really big, it will be a waste of resources and human capital. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's, you know, I think that's, 
uh, I think that's part of the point of why the government or why politicians do that is to kind of like draw attention away from, you know, the issues that we have in America because it's easier to point the finger at like, (coughs) point the finger like Afghanistan and say, oh, you know, this is, we have to fix Afghanistan to protect our country. And then you can spin that however you want to to create this narrative that, you know, um, that that's like the bigger threat. But that, I think it comes down to, um, you know, how the narrative in America is such that, um, you know, it's always going to be like us versus them internationally. And that's just the created narrative in order to, you know, create this like, um, you know, demand or create this like uh, mental, you know, almost stress to worry about that instead of worrying about the things that, you know, are probably more important, like the fact, you know, like that are like cause at the end of the day, like how much is that really going to affect you, at, you know, on day to day, like every day to day. Whereas the fact that, you know, like the democracy and the issues that we face in America is definitely more of a larger threat to your everyday life. Yeah, like I was watching a documentary last night on, uh, you know, the USSR having these like red rooms and they would take young girls and mold them into these widows and they would train them to destabilize countries, conduct assassinations. um, And, you know, they put these sleeper cells in America and they would take people like Scarlett Johansson and, you know, they turned in her into a killer. So it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I worry about as an American. You know, where, where's my taxpayer money going? Are we funding <laughs> operations like this? Um, because Scarlett Johansson didn't have a childhood, you know, until she met Colin Jost. Um, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Is that what we want to solve? Is this Black Widow? It is, yes. Okay. I was like... Wait a second. <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like a movie. <laughs> yeah, I finally started watching it because uh, it came out on Disney Plus, and that's the only like Marvel movie outside of the Eternals, which I hear is is awful. Trash. I've heard it's trash. Um, I started watching it. It's it's funny. It passes one the Brechtel test uh, by a What's lot. The Brechtel test. Or is it the <laughs> the one where it's it's how how much screen time does a woman have? Is she talking? Uh, is her dialogue based around a male character or driven by a male character? Uh, how many instances of like an all-female um, shot are there? It, it's like the the way to measure screen time to make sure that it's not one of those kind of male-centric movies. But yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal movie. Uh, I say that I'm, I'm about two-thirds of the way through. It's funny. The action scenes are good. I saw reports that it like it was a boring chase film that doesn't have really any good resolution. It doesn't seem like that at all to me. So if if you've heard that or read that, I highly recommend going and watching Black Widow because I think it's Lawrence Pugh or Poe. She was in Fighting with My Family with The Rock. Uh, it's a great movie. It's really funny. That sounds like a, a pretty woke, uh, pretty woke term. The the whatever the, the scale you just said. The Brechtel uh, test. Yeah, let me let me look it up and. Uh, sounds pretty woke. Let me learn you. Uh, for, uh, I can't spell it either. Breck, Brechtel test. I uh, I did see James Bond, the new James Bond, a couple weeks Bechtel ago. Bechtel test. Yeah, Bechtel test. 
uh, of course, we talk about a female empowerment action movie, and you're going to switch to James Bond, a character that has only heightened the misogyny within our film culture. I can't believe this. All right, criteria and variants. I love James Bond. Uh, Daniel Craig's been great. I'm sad to see him go. Okay, the rules known as the Bechtel test first appeared in 1985. So there you go, Bobby. It predates us. Um, let's see. The rule, uh, two women who resemble the future characters, Mo and Ginger, discuss seeing a film, and one woman explains that she only goes to a movie if it satisfies the following requirements. First, the movie has to have at least two women in it who talk to each other about something other than a man. Which, <laughs> yeah, it's also been referred to as the Bechtel-Wallace test, the Bechtel rule, Bechtel's law, or the Mo movie measure. Um, and it inspired Virginia Woolf's essay, A Room of One's Own, which I've never read. I bet if they made gender studies universal at colleges, this would be something that we would have all learned. But nonetheless, the Bechtel test, I think, like, is a huge uh, pass rate on, on every scene or the movie in general for Black Widow. Sounds pretty woke to me. Anyways, uh, James Bond, pretty good. Enjoyed it. Have you seen it? How was Remy Malek's character? No, I have not. I I actually was not a fan of Remy Malek's character. Uh, it was kind of a weird, kind of like, a, not a plot hole, but just like kind of a stretch for his character. I enjoyed like this story, and it was like very well shot. Ana de Armas is great and James Bond, and I hope she becomes, you know, more incorporated in future James Bond movies. Also, what kind of isn't she great in? Things. That's a good point. I have no idea. She's awesome. Yeah, she's been great. She was phenomenal in the uh, remake of. Oh, well, now, there we go. Yeah, Blade Runner. She was phenomenal. She was phenomenal in Knives Out. Um, yeah. Knock Knock. She was terrifying in. Uh, I don't know what that is. It's with Keanu Reeves. I can't believe you don't know that. I don't know what that is. Keanu. Oh wait, is this like the Netflix movie where it's like he's like the dad and like these two girls show up? Is that the mm-hmm. movie? Yeah, I mean, like they kill his friend. It's a good. It's a. It's a terrifying. It's a terrifying movie. But yeah, she's she's phenomenal in those movies. But okay, go ahead. Back to to Daniel Craig, James Bond. I enjoyed how you know the movie ended. No spoilers here. I'm also curious to see who the next James Bond is going to be. He um, dies. There's the spoiler. I spoiled on, it. Man. Come on. <laughs> what well, um, the movie? Okay, listen. The movie's been out for like a month plus. If you haven't seen it by now, I haven't seen it. I still know the ending. Okay, yeah, but like, I hate that we have to do this. Like every single time a Star Wars movie comes out or Lord of the Rings remake, like we have to act like we can't talk about it for months on it. If you haven't seen this movie yet, like I haven't, t- tough shit. Like. Get that what well, you know how the movie ends, so what? You're not gonna want to figure it out what the two and a half hours preceding this death scene is gonna look like? I'll tell you all of it. I've read the Wikipedia. Oh my god. <laughs> what kind of fan are you? Anyways. You're goddamn right. Uh I've always been I've been like a diehard James Bond fan since I was like a kid, so I really like the whole James Bond I like I love James Bond. So I'm kinda curious who the next James Bond will be. I really hope it's Idris Elba. I think Idris Elba would be a great James Bond. I'm just worried he's, like, too old. Like, he's, like, the Roger Moore kind of age. I wish he would have been maybe, like, 10 years ago 
But, I mean, after watching Hobbs versus Shaw, he seems like he yeah, can do weird. really cool action stunt stuff. Yeah. I'd be interested I don't know. to see that. But the Daniel Craig ones, the only issue I have with his movies, and it seems like it's a movie arc, it's like a series, is every single bad guy just builds on the previous bad guy. It was, oh, it's Le Chief. No, it's... This asshole that works for Spectre. Oh, it's not Spectre. It's whatever Remy Malik's character. It's like every single bad guy who seems to be like the most bad guy doesn't realize that he's being worked by another bad guy. It just seems yeah. like silly. Like at what point, where do we find the final boss here on my video game series? Because I'm getting really tired of finding out I'm beating up underlings. Yeah, I mean that's, but that's also like I if you I like this new like the Daniel Craig series James Bond because it like kind of explores like Spectre uh, like throughout like the you know the decades of James Bonds and kind of go gives some like origin story to James Bond which I really appreciated. Um, you know I just like the kind of the whole story behind it. Oh, speaking of good movies, Dune. Have you seen it? Yes. I have not seen it yet. Don't fucking ruin it. Um, well, you should have read the book, right? Have you I read, read the, the book? book. Okay, well then matter. what am I going to ruin? What what kind of stupid comment is that? Don't ruin the movie. I don't I've want read the to book. hear. I don't want to get your take on Dune. I'm waiting to watch it in theaters. I don't want to watch it on HBO Max. I think you have to watch it in theaters to really yeah, absolutely. It. Uh, but hey, Bobby, um, I've yeah, read Spears the Bible. I'm, a, I get I'm it. about. I'm about to watch Passion of the Christ, even though I've read the Bible. Don't tell me how it ends. I don't... Well, idiot. Uh, Dune was great. Like, I saw it here. I've, I've got a big-ass TV, uh, but I've also got a neighbor on this wall, so I can't, you know, jack up the volume. That movie would be incredible on IMAX. Oh. Yeah, I really want to watch it in theaters. My God. Uh, what a visually stunning movie. And the acting is great. The Duncan Idaho's character is so like badass in the book. Nope. Duncan Idaho, Jason Momoa's character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, of all the characters in the Dune series, which we have some like awesome naming conventions. How the fuck did we land up with a guy named Duncan Idaho in space? That seems like the laziest. I've named six hundred characters. Shit, one more guy. He's got a pivotal role. Dan, Dan Bowl. There we go. There's my creativity. Like it sucks, but his character got such a better send off, has such a bigger kind of influence than he did in the original Dune. Um, the worms are badass looking for scale compared to the weird like Beetlejuice looking worm from the eighties. The the whole movie though it. It's like a long movie. I think it was like two and a half hours. Um, it was like really good. And uh, was it Peter Skarsgård that plays uh, uh, Baron Harkonnen? Uh, that dude is menacing. Like such a good job casting all these characters. The scenes were important. I didn't feel like there was any wasted dialogue. Uh, the fight scenes were awesome. The... Sardukin, I, I don't know what the 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 private fighters are for the Empire. Those guys were badass and cool. The only thing I will say about the movie is 
we're in space. We can travel through space, presumably time now. We've got this really cool technology, yet we're fighting with like swords and daggers. Like, I could have taken Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn into this battle. Never explained to them that we have lasers and that we can, you know, travel through literally the air since they're only used to dragons and horses. And they would have fit right into this character, like, analysis. They would have had no idea that we have technology. They would have been like, oh, I have, I have the new sword and I have a new axe. Like, they would have been just as successful as Dave Bautista, who has traveled millions of light years through space. Like, that, that's a plot hole for me. I can't watch movies with you anymore. Because I'm too smart. Movies. Ruin movies for everybody. Just turn How your brain off, ru- dude. Turn your brain off. <laughs> I turn love stupid the movies. Brain off. But that one, a phenomenal movie. I still give it like uh, my Sean score. Let's say on the Bechtel test, it doesn't pass. Uh, so for that, I have to take off at least like half a point. I would still give it like an 8.7 to an 8.8. Acknowledging the fact that 0.5 of that is the failure on the Bechtel test. So really? I heard it. I mean, the critics say like it wasn't that great. I feel like review. I read some reviews that wasn't that great. But either way, I wouldn't watch it pretty bad. Uh, but I wouldn't watch it in theaters. Don't know when I'm going to chance to watch it in theaters, though. So that's I'm trying issue. to think what the critics, though, have said that's been like really accurate that I've I've agreed with. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm my own man, Bobby. I will. That's what that should be my next uh, adventure is reviewing movies for the common man. This movie is good. That's my review. You could have, you have a pretty good YouTube channel. I can imagine uh, you doing YouTube reviews. You could develop a pretty large following. Yeah, I'm sure. And then you know somebody would get really disappointed that I thought that you know some recent um, who's the dude that played Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Yeah, that I'm like, oh, the what's the movie that he did with Zendaya where he played like the Barnum and Bailey circus dude? Yeah, The Greatest Showman. Yeah, people were like, this is great. This movie is is, is the, the cat's tits. Like, it's great. Movie sucked. Movie was awful. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, you're good at playing Wolverine. Like, as a gritty Wolverine, not like the X-Men, uh, like... You know, two thousand early two thousands. That yeah, Wolverine yeah, yeah. sucked. That Wolverine did suck. But I would review that, and next thing I know, I'd have an entire continent coming after me because I bashed one of their you know silver screen icons. I'd have all of Australia, which I'm not even sure is a real place, getting pissed at me. I can't oh, deal yeah. with people hurling didgeridoos at me or throwing boomerang. Or, you know, smearing me in Vegemite and leaving me for a koala to get, you know, eaten alive. I can't deal with that. I don't want Russell Crowe coming after me, like a fit Russell Crowe, like not a drunken Russell Crowe. That's why I can't start. Yeah, I can't start a YouTube channel because of that. Yeah, I would, would, you know, pay pay my or would spend time watching Sean reviews movies and pop culture. And that'd be actually pretty, probably pretty enjoyable. Yeah, um, you don't need any like special skill. There's no film school that you can go to learn what I've learned. You know the uh, this new uh, YouTube channel that I'm become a big, really big fan of. What's that? Uh, more plates, more dates. Have you ever heard of this channel? No. 
<laughs> it's either a fetish eating site uh, no. or it's a lifting one because plates uh-huh. has two meanings. Yeah, it's Derek from moreplatesmoredates.com. Uh, basically, this dude uh, has a whole series. He basically like is a t- like it's all about PEDs and like steroids. And there's a natty or not segment, and it's actually pretty inter- entertaining where he like pulls up people's like physical physiques and like analyzes them and says, "Oh, this guy probably takes this, this, blah, 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 blah." And he has like pretty funny videos. Uh, I'm waiting for him to do a Nick Bear natty or not. Video. But where does he get his dates from? Like, I'm expecting this is also partially like uh, pickup game master. I don't know about the dates, but either way, more plates, more dates. Uh, very enjoyable YouTube to watch. Pretty funny. Yeah, I'd uh, I'll have to go down that YouTube rabbit hole at some point when I'm not studying. My I usually keep a pretty clean like office space. Uh, I say that in my very small uh, Jersey apartment. My place is a mess right now, man. I've got like six different books here. Um, it is not, it's an eyesore. So once I have that cleaned up, maybe I'll start that YouTube channel. But I'd also don't want to get su- sued by the networks, you know, because uh, people really take what I have to say to heart. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, another YouTube thing that I began to is like backcountry skiing. Um, oh, not sure, not sure why, because I'm not that great of a skier, but I really want to start like doing like some, you know, alpine ski or like backcountry skiing. You know, you like skin up like a, a mountain and ski down it. Yeah, like there's that. a great. I think it's called the Fifty. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just got yeah, it like, last month. Yeah, that, that that's great, man. They uh, where was the last one I watched them go? Somewhere in Idaho or Montana, they did some yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. I my uh my buddy that was up at Second Battalion um, got into skiing uh, that kind of you know backcountry style you know skinning up and he was really good. Um, that yeah, it's really really cool what they do. But I can't imagine though spending an entire day trying to just get up to a point on the mountain to ski down like one one time like that's it like. Yeah. That takes commitment, but that's why you watch it because it's you just get like vantage points from these mountains that no one else has seen ever. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Also, like how you will die too. I just know if I did like some of these aggressive ones, I would just die. Yeah, well, I think that's I want to see that though. Like it's like when you're in a uh, a big traffic jam and you get up to the accident. Uh, you know, I just wasted two hours of my day. Mm, not saying I want to see the body, but. <laughs> I hope this just wasn't somebody having a flat tire, you know? Dude, I, uh, actually a West Pointer died on, like, uh, a Mount Rainier or less last year doing something like that, like backcountry skiing or something. He, like, died up on Mount Rainier. Yeah. Was he, was he by himself? Were they by themselves? I think he was, like, with an expedition, because he, like, got out of the army and was working as, like, a backcountry expedition guide or something. Yeah. He somehow got like separated from the group, and they found him in like the bottom of a crevice, like a couple of weeks later. Oh shit, that's awful. Yeah, yeah. People die on Mount Rainier all the time. I like t- always tell people. Pretty yeah, I mean, you don't assume anything from it when you look at it because you're like, oh, I can see the peak. It looks like a gentle walk up. But I mean that that's why we used to have like these adventure macho style uh, advertisements for places in Europe and. Um, 
like the K2s and the Mount Kilimanjaro's before people just paid to have people haul their shit up. Um, I think climbing is super cool and I would love to do it, but it's just so it's like commercialized for the, the ultra wealthy. Like you have to have tens of thousands of dollars to take on these expeditions. And it's, it just, it's taken away what that, that rawness was of it. Like when you, Oh, you went, you climbed Everest, you had to employ 15 people to get your shit up to base camp. Like that's not cool. Like I don't, I don't think you've done anything. Yeah, my buddy, uh, one of my buddies in residency, he uh, climbed Mount Rainier. So that was like $3,000 or something like that, a $3,000 expedition. Basically, it was like a three-day like weekend journey where the first day they had to, like teach you how to do like the mountaineering stuff, like crampons, ice picks, and stuff like that. Second day, you like climb up to base camp, and the third day, you just climb up to the top. And apparently, it was pretty not very difficult. Well, I mean, like not like you know, mentally taxing. You just, you still physically difficult climbing the mountain, but like they Wasn't do it all, there a West all the Pointer for you. That did either K2 or Kilimanjaro <laughs> or Everest, um, like raising funds for a nonprofit that he spent for himself. Uh, and then like wrote a book about it. Mm, I think he was would at not the, surprise me. He was at the uh, old guard. I think, uh, I think now he's running for Congress. In fact, yes. Um, I don't have his name off the top of my hand, but yeah, he was, he's in, in, I guess some trouble with the ethics with the army. Cause he was filming, um, stuff at, uh, funerals in, in Arlington, um, as part of his like online media presence, like trying to run for Congress, which is why, like, I don't want to run because it's just another, just another asshole infantry officer who just like thinks he's so smart. And this guy is just cashing in on a very unimpressive career. It's a West Pointer, bro. You still. Yeah, not surprising. You know, a lot of yeah. guys at West Point. Favorite, one of my favorite pastimes is going on the uh, West Point networking page and seeing some of the people, shit people around there. It's like a little ridiculous. It's like a bunch of people pushing LuLaRoe. Like, you know, they're selling leggings, but this time they're... Hey, I could be your financial advisor. I'll be your financial, you know, planner. Like, no, absolutely not. I saw how you managed a company's maintenance. Like, I don't want you anywhere near numbers. All right. Uh, any other thoughts? Any other thing else we want to close out with? I thought we we're starting to ramble a little bit. Uh, no. Watch Watch uh, Black Widow if you haven't. It's a good film. No thanks. <laughs> I can't believe you. We are. You know what? We can't do this anymore. I can't be friends with you because you're just such a hardcore MAGA dude now that we just, we can't even communicate any longer. I know. I just like the Let's Go Brandon. <laughs> Which I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I had to Google what that meant like last week. I was like, what, the, what does this Let's Go Brandon stuff mean? Why is this a meme? And I had to figure it out. And I was like, oh, that's what it means. Yeah, I just, uh, it's so it's so dumb that people are just doing stuff to I think it's one of those like you're president of the United States. I didn't like President Trump. I don't like President Trump, but while he was president, like there's still like a there's an ounce of decorum that you need to have for the position. And I'm doing a ton of reading right now um on like the executive and executive power and so many articles in the last 10 years the way that these law professors at very esteemed universities, right, is just so 
it's not defamatory and it's nothing on the level of libel, but it's inflammatory. It's very inflammatory. And it, it doesn't uh, identify like from a neutral perspective why someone was bad or good. It's just making like a lot of emotional arguments, whether it's criticizing President Trump, whether it's criticizing President Biden, because you want to take these authors and be like, you idiot. Like if someone just took the, the president's name out of this piece that you you spent a year writing, I could literally apply it to someone else on the opposite political side. But everyone is just so tone deaf and they're just signaling right now. Sorry, I'm rambling. It's just super frustrating. Like, so like if you're doing the let's go Brandon or just straight up saying, you know, fuck the president, just like that says so much more about you uh, than it does about anybody. And so Bobby, that says so much. (laughs) You piece of shit. (laughs) I think Google it would have meant like last week. I was like, what is this? Let's go Brandon. I'm too you know, nighttime. What, what can I say? What can I say? You could go work out. I did. Okay. Uh, with that, uh, I guess we'll we'll end it. I unfortunately I'm working the next two weekends, and then it's uh, Thanksgiving week, and so we we'll probably won't be doing this for another couple of weeks. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll have it. We'll have it back before maybe Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. So let this let this hold you over, and hopefully. This is the motivation for Matt Fraser to come back into the CrossFit community. Hopefully, this this does it, and we get to finally see a Matt Fraser, Justin Madera's, uh, Klinikoff, and they already uh, they already competed against each other last year at the games. Yeah, or two years ago, last year at the games. No, I, I thought two years ago Klinikoff couldn't go, and no, 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 last no, like Justin Madero's and Matt Fraser competed at the games. Oh, but not like new. Ju- I'm not saying, but not new. Justin Medeiros winning the CrossFit Two Games. Two years ago. No, nah, not 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 new one. I want to see Justin Medeiros now peak against Matt Fraser, who I know is still in his prime. All right. With that, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Later.